This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. We're up to episode 26 of this eighth series of the Sounding Board. And before I say hello to you, Craig Catcherson, I have um, committed to completing the task which I parked some weeks ago, that being my favourite movies relating to journalists or journalism. So I'll do that. I had parked it some time ago. I'm getting back to it. Good morning to you. This is a Tuesday morning of this particular week. Hello, Damo. I'm looking forward to that. It's good to see you do some work for a change in the lead up to the program. And I do a lot of work for the lead up to the program. For- you don't. <laughs> top 10 we're looking for today? Yeah, I think the listener requested five, but once I started the task, Hachi, I couldn't limit it to five. What was the criteria? Was it the quality um, of the movie, quality of journalism? What I've done is movies I like that relate to journalism. Right. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is that fair enough? And, as you and re- they're movies, not TV shows. As you review the overall thread of these, what? how do you think the movie industry has portrayed journalism over the years? Um, with accuracy or with yeah, very, cynicism? Or? Uh, at times, over the top uh, reverence and soppiness, actually. yeah, yep. so, Some of them will get referenced. Um, I, the movies that try and make out journos to be heroes, I've almost put a line through straight away. Yep. <laughs> yep. You can acknowledge the work without trying to make them superheroes. So most of the public, to be fair. Yeah, it's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of journalism. Yeah. There's only one place The for news us to came start through today. yesterday. Our, our Twitter feed blew up because we somehow get linked to this uh, Tom Brown, Mitch Cleary rivalry at seven. But <laughs> it did blow up, actually. But Tom it? Brown resigned yesterday, and to the point where, and I did tell you weeks ago here on the Sounding Board exclusively that he ranks one in clickbait in the Herald Sun. Yeah. You were cynical on that. You said, that's not true. It couldn't be right. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, he clickbaits one. So yesterday was the lead story on heraldsun.com that are you. Channel 7 rocked <laughs> by the sudden resignation of Chief Football Reporter Tom Brown. They weren't disappointed. They weren't... Is it Tom Brown or Tom Brown, Tom Brown? Tom Brown, Tom Brown. They were rocked, Damo, rocked. And it clickbaited all day to the point where the digi editor kept yeah. saying, need another spin on this. It's getting a bit long in the tooth, three hours in. Give this a fresh spin late so, in the afternoon. So by five o'clock it was, these are the potential the faces. <laughs> the candidates that can replace Tom. Oh. And they managed to get everyone in. They managed yep. to even get... Uh, Alex McGuire, McGuire in? Xander. Xander, sorry, Xander yep. McGuire in. Um, and, and Sarah Ollie and Josh Gabbo. Yeah, because then they could say Maguire shocked chance to replace Tom Brown, and that clickbaits again. And- well, Maguire was another little <laughs> line in the headlight. So, and everyone was thinking, hang on, Eddie. <laughs> Were they rocked? Seven? I don't know. What, what, what I do know is we, um, we approached Tom. No comment. You wanted him on as a guest. Well, I thought that. it was. I th- look, we talk about him every yep. third episode, and and we have a bit of fun with him. And and look, yep. we we are journalistic mates. Well, I, we are journalistic mates. We're not yep. mates, and and I think you you're closer to Tom than I think I am. Um, but he's a big story, and Jane Neal made the approach, and no comment until what was it, Jane? Until post season. He couldn't possibly comment until his role at Seven has finished, so he has right. committed to coming on the show you, after Grand Final. How do you comment for a living but refuse to comment? <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Journos say no comment. We, oh, turn it up. We should, we should doorstop him, actually. <laughs> so, and, and we, should, we could have framed ourselves in. <laughs> Congratulations to Tom. He's moving to Sydney with his lovely family. He's got a job for Andrew Pridham. He's taken a, a suit job, which is fair and reasonable in the circumstances, and he'll do a great job. He's got a very interesting mind, Tom. He does. He's very worldly and smart, and he'll be fascinating in that sector, so well done. How long will he 
last though before he realizes that what he's wanting to get away from, which everyone in journalism I think can relate to, just the the relaxation and freedom that would, yep. would come with being able to step away from it. I reckon it'll last about two weeks. There's a thing called journalism withdrawal symptoms. I think it's just professional withdrawal symptoms, yep. but yeah, it does relate That's, to journalism. There'll be cold sweats. There'll be, you know, the angst of like I haven't rang anyone today, and yeah. what's going on down at Richmond, and, and no one's talking about me. Yeah, no one's rang. Uh, so that will take a bit of adjusting. How is the mass eye, Mitch Cleary? This has been well. Now this is a big. Story. This has been bone crusher in our Waverley staff for the last three years. So how was he? It was he. Did he move quickly to putting up a brave front? We were really disappointed around here. <laughs> yeah. Shattered. Going to miss him. Please don't go. Did he give a couple of those? I haven't checked in with the uh, mass. I probably should have as part of the research for this show, yep. shouldn't I? What's his contract strategy from Whoa, here? Whoa, what do you do? Do you, do you go in straight away or do you actually let it play out? Here's my advice. You ready? Here we go. The shop early contract seekers, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Is, is this advice for people who, who want to take the position? No, or, this, or advice for Mitch? I, I spoke to Mitch the other day because he rang me about a story. So we had a Mitch rang you about yeah. a story. That was the first time you've spoken to him in four years since you sacked him. He was chasing. No, sorry, since he left. He was chasing. Sorry, he left. He yarn left. that I, he thought I was involved with, and I quickly put that to bed. Oh, but what was that? Uh, just just a story about an involvement with the club. So I put that to bed. But he about buying something. His currency will grow by the day. They can't afford to lose two. Right. Right. And if you go in saying, look, it's really, really sad to hear so about So is he going now? No. Right. <laughs> really sad to hear about Tom. I'm going to miss him. Love, learned, learned a lot from him. But, you know, it just probably gives me an opportunity to talk about my situation and where things sit. Don't so, do, so, so what, don't do okay, that. when's he do this then? End of the season. Yeah. Right. Because, like, no one are going to try and get their house in order in the news front, surely. Seven don't want to lose what's perceived to be a weapon. They're, they're, in, they're winning the ratings at the moment. Would nine go for the double whammy blow to seven and try and get Mitch? I think if Mitch were available, he'd be, be very much in demand. So sit back, Mitch. Hold. Smoke, <laughs> smoke the pipe for a little bit. <laughs> Act sad for a while. <laughs> that would be my advice. Because that was one of the great myths that, that both Mitch and Tom tried to have out there in the public, that they were close and worked together. But I think they did it I think they did it as well as it could be done. I end. don't like that narrative. I like the fact they were blue and Yep. Well, That's he? the one I choose to embrace. All of a sudden, he's got some currency. <laughs> <laughs> so, end of year though. Wait, wait till Tom actually exits the building, which his contract requires him to to do yep. only after the completion of the season. So, you wait. Do you do it that week? Like Tom's out, and then Mitch is straight into the into Lewis Martin, or, or what happens there? Um, well, it's it's really funny. In in newsrooms, the stakes are really high. A lot of professional. Reputations are at stake every day. And given you took you, you actually took a high bid for, on three networks in Melbourne, ten, nine, and seven and nine in yep. that order. And there's one word that that scuppers everything. Yes, Sydney. <laughs> Once Sydney get involved, yeah. as newsrooms like to say, right? Oh, I wonder what they think up in Sydney. Now I know you well enough to know you would have managed outside of Melbourne. You would have gone to Sydney well, straight was, away. If you were Mitch, you'd be going to Sydney right now. Well, a couple of times I got on planes. As, to as in the conversation to Sydney. A few times in my career in TV news, I got on planes to Sydney, <laughs> and uh, I didn't come home with too many chocolates. To be fair, fair to say, I overplayed my hand. I remember at least once by going to Sydney. Did you tell Melbourne you were going to Sydney? No. <laughs> But everyone in newsrooms create this paranoia around Sydney. Right? Yeah, they do. It happens. Oh, happens there on like, Sun. Like this, it still happens yeah, in there on Sun. Like this, there's this uh, like Charlie's Angel style figure that sits in a room in Sydney. It makes who's got all these monitors, and he rings up and says, "Get me that Mitch Cleary in my books." So like, yeah. so 
and, I, I and that person wouldn't have never have met Mitch or whoever the person yep. is. And they just would have been told by someone in passing in a meeting. He broke a good story no, the other day. No names, no pack drill. But when Seven lost the footy and I was still there, I thought it would be a good runway for me <laughs> because footy's gone, so the yep. currency of the news. The, yeah. The, the then news director at the time in the first six months didn't share the same view. <laughs> And I'm sure had me earmarked for the exit door. Right? <laughs> I like the footy. <laughs> My deal was up at the end of the year. Uh, he wasn't a big fan of mine. I'm not saying I deserved anything other than what I got, but he... he, he <laughs> the fact you didn't tell them what you were about to say until you were on air probably didn't help. He didn't like footy and he didn't like me. And, <laughs> and I was I was running out the clock on... I was a lame duck journo running out the clock. And then one day, <laughs> evidently, someone <laughs> rang from Sydney <laughs> and said, we need to double down on footy on the news. And all of a sudden, I was the I was full court pressed wooed to stay. It went from being an outcast in the newsroom to being taken out to Francois for dinner in about twenty four hours. <laughs> so I can't it's remember. amazing when Sydney get involved, though. So Did I you think, stay there? Did you stay in that year? Yeah, I stayed. Yeah, but, but not for long. You then went to nine. No, I stayed for most. Of, I stayed for most of that era. For most of the nine with footy era, you were. Oh, that's was, when you called the game and you called it there fairly, and you got sacked for a week or I was, two weeks. I was there for six years when we didn't. When seven didn't have the whole time, five or six. Oh, okay, years. I thought you left earlier. And but it was a, it was the end of intersection of Sydney, quite unquote. I don't even know who it was in Sydney or how, but it's, it's so. What Mitch? My advice: wait till Sydney get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Just back to Tom. People, and maybe let's move it off, Tom. But people bemoan their. I don't know what the Tom is, by the way. But there's always a, a thought I find anyway, in people's at the backs of their heads that it'd be great to get out of this. I'm sick of this, but. Ultimately, whatever people choose to do as a profession, most times it's all they know. I do go back to what I said before about Tom. I reckon he's going to go stir crazy inside of Fortnite. Uh, the moment it becomes real that he's rocking I, up to do something that's not journalism. I disagree. He's got a law degree. He comes yeah, he does. I know back, that. Comes from a different background. It's a the modern TV job. Oh, is pretty taxing. I know it's not. It's still relative. It's though. It was no. It's probably yeah. no more taxing than it was when you were doing I it. I think it is. You got. Because you've got the social media and you're getting constant feedback from people giving you – you're a hittable target. There's that aspect yeah. of it, yeah. So I get it. I understand it. Yep. And I wish him well. He had an oh, alternative. I wish him well, yeah. But I, I, I feel it's – this is my view on it without yep. speaking to some. I reckon you'll be back doing something probably in Sydney, Hachi. Hey, talk to me about the World Cup opening on Thursday. I got a text from you. You weren't happy. You thought the broadcast wasn't up to scratch. So I did. I was there at the venue. So is that, is that how you want to present this to the public? Is it? I was at the venue. I we, didn't we, see. We, we we converse on a WhatsApp to to flag topics. Yep. Now you want to go into detail, do you? You said that I'm watching the broadcast. I don't like it. So like, I'm prepared what, to what say part that. Of, what part of that is? Well, okay. We do a show together. You got to actually say brackets. Keep that between us. If you don't want it publicly broadcast. Why weren't you happy? What happened? Well, I think you share the same view. In fact, I know you do, seeing you're going to put me in. I was, um, I was there. You are, no, you, yeah, but you're also going to share the same view of my my view on the journalism attached to it. So let's go back. We're, we're talking on this week on a Tuesday morning. Last Thursday was the Matildas game against Ireland to, to start the Australian um, component of the World Cup for women soccer. There's one name that everyone in Australia, I think, knows, whether you like sport or not, and that's Sam Kerr not playing in this first game. And it's a bombshell news drop, isn't it, in terms of how yep. she's unavailable with a calf injury. No one knew about it. Let's spin the conversation into that angle of it in a few moments' time, Hutch. You want to say spin, take it into that into that zone because people had views on the, the timing of it. But ultimately, I'm watching the news in the lead-up to the, the game. I think Channel 7 was taking it live at 7 when the news finishes. So late in the news bulletin, and it's been out for half an hour or so by now that she's out, 
they drop it that she's out of the game. So that's that's huge news. People on social media would have known, but Channel 7 drop it then. We then go to Channel 7. Now, I would have thought this is the biggest story we've had pertaining to this World Cup. Australia hosting the event, the world's biggest name plays for Australia, and she's out, possibly for the tournament, certainly for the first game. We then go to a prepared package, which they would have done three or four months ago. And I get that. I know the way TV works. And for the whole build-up to this moment when they cross live for the first game, I know for three months they're planning to hit play on this package. Who's featured in the package? Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr. Yep. You then get Mel McLaughlin and Bruce McAvaney, and there's no one's going to question the credentials of those two people in journalism. They then talk for Minutachi without mentioning the, the biggest news drop of the day and the moment. They got there eventually, but it was five and a half, six minutes in. And if you if you were coming in cold, I don't know. I'm old school in my presentation of yep. news, Hachi, and maybe I'm too news-driven in it, but I would have come in not right off the top. Forget the prepared package until you go to the first ad break, but just go with the news. That would be my take on that, and I'd be saying that regardless of broadcaster and whoever's got the rights. I understand your view on that. In fact, I thought in our own audio broadcast, which was magnificent, by the way, our call was fantastic, we probably didn't. Um, sell that as well off the top as we could have because in the audio game, big breaking story is... is so I don't mean to sound like I'm distancing myself from the seven because we, we had the same challenge. Uh, but what I would say on the television side of things, they know they've put a bomb of money into the next month. A bomb of money. It's cost a fortune. They've got a month to connect the audience to the consumer and they've got to build the product and teach people what it is on the way through. They had some beautiful pre-prepared packages. Oh, they're sure, great! No, off the top. I'm not knocking any of that. And, and many I'm just of their, knocking the order in which it was presented. Yeah, and a lot of their audience might not have necessarily understood the full context of what the month ahead was or the significance of Sam Kerr. So, if you're in the business of selling audience and keeping people and dragging them through, what would you have done? I think I probably would have played the pack off the top. I might have got into it a bit quicker. Oh, no, 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 no. I might have got into the story a bit quicker. Sam's out. It's a big news. We're gonna get to that in a minute. Um, it's still going to be a great match, but they, they're trying. No, to... no, you, you, you've got a commercial arrangement with this this situation. They're, if, they're if, tr- if you're saying that, that's not the Craig Catchers and I know. But their their job really is to not. Their job is to drive audience and to get you invested in what you're about to see. Well, there's nothing drives audience like a news bomb. So if you spend a bomb on a month of a broadcast and then you bomb up in the first second and say the biggest star you're all here for is out tonight. Welcome. Now, you create drama around that. People, how is Australia going to get through people, this match? How is it going to get through the tournament? How is it going to deal with the moment? Some people, what have they done? This is the news. How it happened? What happened? When did she do it? That That's how, what that's, you would have done, Hutch. You know you would have. And if Tim Cleary was in charge of that, you know that's what he would have done too. Probably. But yeah. and I, you would I have do too. understand. You would have barged on as a newsbreaker to say, I'm not having. I'm not letting you play on, play on this. I'm coming on now. That's what you would have done. I do understand the need to set the table. Well, I understand the need too. Yep. You can do both. You can actually do both. Yep. Anyway, that, that, look, in the scheme of things, given the amount of people who watched it. Did you watch the rest of the game? I flicked. It was the night. The you flicked? Test it, oh, no, would you have stayed if the, the, the actual, I was there? always going to flick. Yeah, yep. I wouldn't would have flicked any more or less. But I, the cricket was on. And I probably spent, I don't know, 60 or 55% on the cricket, 45 on the soccer. It was great. Yep. I, it was compelling Fantastic. viewing. Yeah. The, the atmosphere and I missed the, the penalty when it was given. <laughs> I got. I completely rewound it. But yeah. The atmosphere in the venue was fantastic. It oh, was, you were there, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, it was yeah. sensational. It, yeah. it was, and the excitement around the venue, like the, it was loud, but it wasn't, you know, um, bogany loud. It was positive, constructive, yeah. supportive. It sounded loud. good. I'll give, yeah, it yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, it was a very unique sporting sound. A, a, 
80, 75,000 people generally excited about what they're witnessing and what they're part of on the evening. Yeah. I thought it was great. And again, in the matches that have been played since, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you know the schedule better than I do. Because I've got, I've actually, I'm happy to put my hand up. I don't find myself watching this until the final or semifinals if Australia aren't in it, in, in the women's game. Yep. Um, there was a game last night in Melbourne that had. 30,000? Nigeria? No, we're playing Nigeria next, aren't we? I should, I should we have. We play Nigeria. But the, the, what I'm saying yep. is the crowds are good. Is that, is that right? The crowds are very good. Yeah. No question. Yeah. I think it's great to have it in Australia, and I think it's, I'll be there Thursday night against Nigeria. Yep. Uh, well, we're talking about broadcasting. Um, big showdown match this weekend, round 20 AFL, Port Adelaide, Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Oh, here we go. This will be about the television coverage or something. Will it? Surely. What? Surely they'll have a commentary team there, won't they? Oh, here we go. I'm sure, surely they will. You're going to poke the bear again. I don't know if they're not. Is it a Fox game or a seven game? Yeah, it's a Fox game, yep. which is, I think, unfortunate. And not not to knock Fox, I just feel it should be a free-to-wear game. And, yep. and I've said that for many, many years. You know my views on where they could take that game potentially one year, Hutchie. I don't want to have that fight again with Adelaide yep. people, but I've got a view that this game is the greatest rivalry of all time. It will be massive on Saturday. But surely, though. What they, time's it going? Uh, it's a Saturday night game, so 7 yep. Probably ten at local time. Another game on that night as well. There would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but surely there's a. Surely, I mean, they haven't travelled this year apart from gather round when they walked across the bridge. They they they'd surely oh, be there in, in person, wouldn't they? they? They wouldn't be doing this one from yeah. the NEP, would they? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you're very hard on this situation. I do, yeah. yeah. Of course you do, yeah. What? But hard on the fact that you've got you can catch planes to these venues now, and you you don't want to have people calling the game in venue. You, you think I'm hard on that in 2023? You reckon that's a hard the, view? The game deserves more distribution than it gets on TV. You know my views on that, and I'm disappointed to that it's well, not. The game like that deserves to have callers at the ground. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Major, major point. All right. Uh, now, now I, we've had a bit of fun with this. I have anyway. I think you're being a bit serious with it. But now we can talk about it as fact. You've now bought a netball team. Yes, the eighth license in Melbourne, which is really exciting. So we take over early next year. We're into full planning mode already. There's a big five-hour planning session today on how it looks and how we go about it. And really exciting. I think it's a great sport. How much did it cost? It's not for the... Commercially sensitive, is it, Hutchie? It's commercially um, incompetent. Incompetent? But, but it's... <laughs> but it's uh, Can I put it to you? You probably haven't paid a lot. You've actually helped the code out to take on the responsibilities of running one of the clubs. Could I, could I put that to you? I think it's a great opportunity to, from, it's Melbourne, it's netball, it's a huge sport. Didn't we answer that in. question. We're not Spin City yet. So I, I think it's a great move for our business, uh, our team, our staff here are really excited about it. We've got to go about building it. I love anyone's feedback or suggestions of things that you think we should think oh, about. Yeah, well, you've got to listen colours. to someone who says what we should do. Names, colours, players. We'll be in the player market from August 7, which is <laughs> You will already good. know what you're going to call them. You'd already know who's going to coach it. I know what you're like. You're them. not going to listen to anyone telling you how to do it. You, you would know. Well, no, I think in, in this particular venture, we'll be all ears because <laughs> there's so much to learn in such a short period of time, to be fair. It's sports in great order, believer in the code. Is it? I question that because yep. I've been told that no club made money last year or, or if you did, that was it was minimal. I mean, am, am I, is that a right yeah. reflection, a, an accurate well, reflection on the, the code? I think at least... I mean, Collingwood sold it or got out yeah. of it for that reason. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to so say Collingwood didn't, didn't make money, but there are clubs that do. And equally, I think there's an opportunity to, like it's... We're not going to be anti-commercial about this. The opportunity is... Oh, I know that. Yeah. No, the opportunity is to grow... <laughs> You're not anti-commercial about anything, aren't you? I think... You'd commercialise the ABC. You, you finished? <laughs> I think there's... It's well, a you real, would. Well, it's important that we do because we've got to be sustainable <laughs> for a long period of time to build a... So it's going to be an ad. Oh, Damo. 
Sport, I'm trying to get an answer out of you. You haven't given me one answer. The sport is in really good order. I, oh, think, I don't know whether it is. I think we can. You look at the, it's hemorrhaging. No, it's not. Netball Australia have turned their finances around. They'll, they'll make they? money. Yep. The final uh, recently at John Kane Arena was capacity. Crowds are up 25% year on year. Uh, TV ratings are in good order. Fox and KR invested three more years to go of a broadcast deal. There's a lot to like about it. And I think the, um, the opportunity for us is to build value in our team and the league, hopefully, with our energy, enthusiasm, our relationships and our platform, and then hopefully benefit from the value we create. So that's our strategy for our shareholders. It's our fifth team, which gives our teams, business, SEN teams, real um, um, meat now in terms of its um, its strength and substance. Uh, so so you've got, you got a basketball team in Perth. Yep. Obviously now the um, Melbourne license or yep. one of the Melbourne licenses for netball. You've yep. got, is it a basketball team in regional? Bendigo Spirit in the WNBL. And you've got in, one in, w, in New Zealand? And then two in New Zealand. New Zealand. The yeah. Otago Nuggets who just missed on the Saturday night on the weekend and would have made the grand final. We got beaten by the Premier. Deep in the finals, we finished second, and the Southern Hoi Ho in the what's, in, what's in, the next step? AFL? No, no, that'll be enough for a while. But it's I think our teams business is really exciting. I think it's it now holds great value. I think it is something in our public uh, market story that has significant uh, upside and great residual growth. And I think that that will come to bear as time plays on. I like the um, reference to your, your good self in the Melbourne News Limited because in in Sydney when they refer to you, they just talk to you about as a media identity, um, and that you've been in the news for the for being the go between between yep. the Johns brothers. I'll actually ask you about that in a moment. But in Melbourne here, because you've got the established presence and uh, power, you are now with your verity clicking highly on the Herald Sun. You're now a quote. And this is the bit I love. Media mogul. That's not at all true. That's what they said you were. I believe everything I read not, in the paper. It's not me. It's our business. What I would say about Nipple. No, it's you, Hush. Just to round off Nipple. <laughs> You're a media mogul. Code Sports is new to the News Limited family. Code Sports' coverage of Nepal was extensive. That's for a reason. Well, that's where the story was broken, actually. Linda Pierce broke that Fox story. And Linda's magnificent, and I feel a bit bad because I've, Linda's been... I think you brushed Linda. I haven't returned Linda's call, which is bad, but I, it, the deal changed six times <laughs> in three weeks and could have gone either have way. Have you got a policy of always taking a journo's call? So I feel, I feel did, quite bad about that. I'll have to square did, that you up didn't take Linda's stage. call? Too, too close to market. It was changing by the day. There was days when the deal was possible. Where, the days was there, were their deals commercially sensitive? Commercially Commercial in confidence. Right, I've got to get that phrase right. Well, Netball drives subscription for News Limited. That's why they invest so much in it. That's why I'm sure Emma Greenwood's at the World Cup right now. So it's, it is, there's a big community there who need content. Melbourne deserves two teams and we will deliver what we... Oh, just one more question what on this. Needs. What, what are you going to do that's different? How would I be aware, if I didn't know you, that you are going to be a different owner of a footy, of a netball club? I think, well, first of all, we're going to build a competitive team, but we'll be focusing hard on the entertainment product. That's our model. And we'll be leveraging our media assets very hard against it okay. and driving. And I think ultimately we can make it our station here in Melbourne, SCN 11, 16, it can become their team. And the feedback off the temper text in Melbourne was huge. So that's a great opportunity to connect. If, if you dare attempt to call it something with the letters SE in it, like the like the, the sensations, sensations yeah. or, or the sentinels, if you dare to do that, I will, I will, I will go mad. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I'm not going to let you do that. What name do you like? I don't know, but I don't have any interest in owning a netball club either, Hutchie. So it's not my responsibility. You don't like, you like the SE in the name? No, 
No, I think <laughs> I know you're a commercial. There's nothing you've done without there being a commercial reason for it. I, I think you just leave that part out of it. I think go go broader than it, that. I think it represents fantastic value for our SEG. You are going to call it the sensations, aren't you? For our SEG share. I think I'm onto something there, aren't I? You, you can... You, you say as you will and do as you do, don't we? We'll if the Herald Sun, because they do listen to this, as we know, and they know you're a media mogul, for their, if they choose to follow up this story where they described you as a media mogul and they wanted a comment from you today via the sounding board on the potential name of it, what is your response uh, to, to it having the letters S-E-N, SEN in it somewhere, either as a sensation or sentinels or something of that ilk? I wouldn't rule anything out or in at this stage, don't I? Okay. I, you, I, I will have an issue with you if you actually go down that path. Yep. Will you confirm it? Should we do the, th- the issue I parked some weeks ago, Hutchie? Yes, please. We haven't got a stinger for it, but we've got, we've got a, a request. It was a, it was a listener request, I think, wasn't it, Jane? I think it was, or you pointed it out to me. Anyway, top, top movies, according to me, uh, relating to journalism or journalists. And now, I've done the exercise, Hutchie. A couple of quick, quick special mentions before we get to the top ten. I'm going to put the China Syndrome. You aware of that movie? No. Michael Douglas, uh, relating to a, a nuclear power plant in the movie in the 70s. Great movie, but it doesn't make the top 10, nor does another one that you might like, State of Play with Russell Crowe. Yes. Left it out. I just thought it was a little bit too sort of stereotypical journalist stuff, and I wasn't a massive Russell Crowe fan at the time. Anyway, number uh, coming at number 10. Th- this might be controversial. I'm assuming you've seen this movie. I saw it on, on one of the flights we had to the States many, many years ago. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, that's one of um, Pix's favourites too. Is it? Yep. Okay. Now, there, there is a journalism component to Subtitles? that. Subtitles? Uh, you, that's the version I'm referring to. Don't don't bother with the Americanized one of it. This is the one, the original, and there is a a journalistic theme running through that story, even though it, it's a yep. different story. There is a journalistic theme. So we'll go to number nine, Spotlight. Now this was the the Boston Globe true oh, story yep. recreation. Fantastic cast: Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Stanley Tucci, favourite one. The um, the exploitation of the Catholic Church in in Boston. So it's a hard watch because of the subject and content matter, but it's done, it's as done as well as any movie has been done. It's great journalism in, in the movie. Yeah. yeah, great journalism to start with in the movie, I think, and I've been told it portrays it pretty well. Yep. Uh, going back to the late 80s, he had broadcast news, William Hurt, Holly Hunter, yep. behind the scenes. Yep. Yeah, do you know that one? Yep. Yeah. It's, I think it reflects a newsroom as well as you can. There, there's affairs going on in this movie from memory. There's, there's always love what interest you, in a mu- movie. Do you think that's what happens in news? Affairs go on in every single news room I've been in, Hutchie, and you oh, know they a, do. Gee, that's a... You know they the do. the lead there. <laughs> Have I? What, you haven't noticed this? I'm a bit naive. Yeah, you, well, you haven't noticed this. I'm You're going to fall off your chair. I'm a bit narrow-minded. Well, there, there's a story there. Good, William Hurt's a fantastic actor, broadcast and, and a host, anchor, and a good, great story. Um, now, this one's low on some people's eyes, Hutchie. All the President's Men, the famous one relating to the Watergate scandal, yep. the, the Woodward and Bernstein journalists that, that have become famous, and the, and the portrayal of those characters by, by Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. A lot of people put this into number one. Yep. I've only got it at seven because I've still got a few more to get through. Finally got around to watching one of the great movies of all time, and it took me a long time to do it, the 1941 movie, Citizen Kane. I'm putting it in at six, Archie. Orson like Welles. Oh, have you seen it, by the no. way? I'm going to recommend you do it. It's hard to find. You need to actually search around how you can find it on a streaming platform. I think I paid for it on... Did you have to go Tell and watch it. that to, to, 
for this list? No, I did it. I finally, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd wanted to watch it, I reckon, for 20 years. I finally, I watch all my movies in the off season, not during, I finally watched it in the most recent summer. We had, yep. it, the, the character of him, the Orson Welles character, reminds me of you a little bit, by the way. He, he plays it's a media right. mogul. He actually does play a media mogul. There's a fantastic um, soft storyline running through it, which confuses you at times and, and gets you at the end. And then, anyway, it's a fantastic story. And it's a, there's a couple of scenes in it that can, from 1941 when it was shot, would relate to 2023 today without even factoring in technology and the changes in the world. It's a great movie. The Post comes in at five, Hutchie, um, relating to the Washington Post and the the declassified papers relating to the Vietnam War. It's just a really good um, movie. You would have seen this one too. I think we've Who's talked about that? it. Meryl Streep. Yep. Tom Hanks. She plays the um, proprietor of the outlet. And, and look, just outstanding role. A very easy to watch movie. You, from memory, you join the dots pretty easily, but it's just a good journal movie. This one is, is high on some people's lists. Sachi, Kill the Messenger. Film, um, Jeremy Renner plays the the main character, yep. who, who is Gary Webb. And I... I Again, researched all this after I watched it on again on a plane. Um, basically, the drugs infiltration in the United States of the 80s, and I think it goes into the 90s, and how he wrote stories and did journalism around the fact that the uh, authorities, the CIA, were, were almost funding these drug agencies around the world. Wow. Um, true story, and the stories were published. He was celebrated. He received awards, and then... And then the rest of the media world then started pulling him and his stories apart to the point where he's destroyed. Really? And, and it's a true story. It's a true yep. story. I'm sure there was license taken in the movie. Very watchable. You'd like it, actually. You really like it. Uh, the Paper, 1994 movie. Do you know this one? Glenn Close, Robert Duvall's in it again. Yes. It's just a – and Michael Keaton's in this one again as well. Yep. Um, again, there's affairs going on in this one yep. from memory too. Uh, it's, just, it's just a great portrayal of a newsroom. And anyone who's been in a newsroom knows what I mean by saying that. We'll move on. This one's a bit controversial. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, LA crime scene, 2014, this one. It's just a gritty, seedy, almost dirty movie in, in many ways. But Jake, great actor, plays the role of a, a cameraman, a freelance cameraman. You can relate to this probably more than anyone in that he just goes out and shoots crime overnight in LA and then Renee Russo's line in it, if it bleeds, it leads on that either late night bulletin or yep. first thing in the morning and the nefarious activities that, that pertain to that. And then to me, clear number one, 1976 movie, Network. Peter Finch, Faye Dunaway, Robert yep. Duvall again. Um, that's the movie, Hutchie, where the, uh, the line, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Again, 1976, you could transplant that to 2023 and it stacks up. As a uh, as a true reflection of journalism and and journalists and media and newsrooms, yep. And so, and, and despite it being now very very dated on the calendar, it, it it is as contemporary as anything. And I've seen that one many times over the journey, as recently as three or four years ago. The flawed characters in that are what makes it. Network one, Nightcrawler two, the paper three, Kill the Messenger four, the Post five, Citizen Kane six, All the President's Men at seven, Broadcast News at eight. Spotlight at nine and the girl with the dragon tattoo and at ten. Special mentions China's that China syndrome state of and state of play. I thought you might have had like there's a couple of I've missed a few. I've missed the insider. What was that movie that about Dan Rather's Fall from Grace? The American journalist had Is there a movie on that? Sixty minutes, yeah. I'm not aware of It's only it's released the long. last few years. Okay. I'll find it. Yep. And there's there's journalism that ends up being the um the end of a great movie, like the Shawshank Redemption ends with an act of journalism when the paper breaks the story that's oh, yes. sent yeah. to them admittedly. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, I think, was the same. But 
they're not journalistic movies. They just happen to be a piece of journalism at the end of them. They are, these are true journalistic movies. I reckon they are. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. maybe the girl with the dragon tattoo isn't, and 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 maybe Citizen Kane isn't either. Yep. But he's a media mogul, and there's journalism in it, and there's a, and there's yep. a a really powerful storyline in Citizen Kane, which does relate to journalism. Do you think Hollywood gives journalism too much credit? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah. And, and particularly probably before social media kicked in where it's you know, changed forever. But yeah, I reckon they tried to make journos the heroes and they deserve recognition. But there's always been a fascination well, though, hasn't there, yeah. from the outside looking it in. It suits the narrative for a journalist in a movie to be betrayed as uh, relentless, inquisitive, mm. Yep. Have good values. Yeah. Um, search of the truth. Yeah. They make good movies, right? Where in actual fact, sometimes it happens. <laughs> but as we know, yeah. industry can be a bit loose as well. As, as it happens, there is yeah. fear, there is favour, there is favouritism, yep. and there's a lot of uh, dodgy activity. Yeah. yeah. And and the, that, that's real life. And the deal cutting is not necessarily prevalent yeah. through these. Where in the- but some of these ones I've referenced, the um, yeah, the behind the scenes, the, even the Kill the Messenger one, the Jeremy Renner character, he. You can tell he's, you know, he's on the way through. He's a bit, he's a bit shortcut. At times, other times he's full all on in. Yep. Yeah. I think you did pretty well there, Damo. Well okay, done. you like that. Yeah. Right, go. Sorry for taking so long for that person who had requested that. Hey, did you see? This has happened since we spoke last officially. To be been in the um, in the throes for a long time. The owner of the now Washington Commanders, formerly Washington Redskins, yep. Dan Snyder, who is as controversial a figure as as anyone in, in the NFL world, Hutchie, and, and the inquiries that the NFL launched into his own operations and the, the collateral effect that it had on another coach in, in John Gruden. I raise all that. Dan Snyder, I'd say loathed by what I've read out of the NFL, um, was forced to ultimately sell the Washington commanders. But... But did so despite all these flaws and problems and and litigations and and a sixty million dollar fine that yep. came from the NFL for it for a profit of five billion dollars. So he sold it for six billion. There was a fine for sixty, 60 million, million, on and the he way still the door. cleared five bill. And oh, come on, and it was universally voted through. And yeah, it was what he was accused of was no good. Nah, and the sixty million fine feels very light in the mm. scheme of the exit. But it was one of those perfectly packaged outcomes. Yeah. That. And the collateral with the NFL inquiry, how it got John Gruden for, for comments in an email that, that were, I think, let's go with 100 emails out of out of basically millions of emails they got, they got their hands on, and, and rightly so, by the way, given the contents of what John Gruden, the coach, said, how, how, how they managed to just basically force him out. And, and the whole ownership of the, of the um, NFL system – Basically, it's 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 a boys' club, isn't it? Is that fair to say? Yep. And there's 32 teams, and they all the other owners get to vote on how the ownership of another team looks, isn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit weird when you've got an asset that big and you need everyone else's permission to sell it. I think that's a very pretty tough mantle. But there've been there's been unbelievable team value creation done by those by the league and by all the clubs. The the league is enormous. Yeah, grows and grows. You know what a believer I am in team ownership as an asset in a business, and I think we'll just discuss that. Yeah, yeah. I've done it better than anyone. Yep. Uh, just on on sports before we've obviously talked about netball and and you saying it's healthy, despite what I'm reading about it not being. What's soccer going through, and 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 what's happening with with um with Perth Glory? Well, the Perth Glory have gone into administration, so Court of Mentha uh, running that for them for ten weeks as they and Tony. Uh, Sage, who was the owner, has given back the keys, basically, and they will run a process to find a new owner, I think, in the next 
10 to 12 weeks. So it sounds like the league are happy about that outcome. Uh, it sounds like I certainly feel for Perth Glory, but uh, yeah, they've gone into receivership at the moment in administration. It's half a loaded question for me because when I did see that during the last fortnight, are you going to be purchasing Perth no, Glory? No, I can, I can rule that out. So uh, with no disrespect to the A-League, who we really respect and rate and had and work with pretty closely, and I'm a believer in Danny and where the league is going, but it's not for us. Um, it doesn't suit us, and the timing is even less suitable to us. So, no, it's not on our radar, and won't, that won't happen. So uh, you're going to leave soccer we've got alone? several ex-Perth Wildcats staff who work there, who uh, so I feel for them and hope everything works out all right for them. All right, let's uh, head to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to DrinkWise. I preface this with respect, Haji. You wouldn't have read this in advance, and I wouldn't expect you to, but, but I'll ask it anyway. And if you want to park it, you can you can park it. Matt Young asks, with John Pesuto calling for Com Games athletes to boycott photo opportunities with Labor MPs, what's Hutchie's best war story of an athlete media boycott? Do you want to park it, or do you want to go for uh, it? Well, they just... I've been a subject like you have of plenty of bands. I've got lots of bands, yeah. We've talked about them a lot over the journey. Um I was banned by Kevin North Sheedy. Melbourne twice, Dennis Pagan. <laughs> yeah, I got a banned by Sheedy. Uh, sorry, Pagan. I think I was banned for three months and seven months in two stints. Seven months? Yes, and I was banned at least twice, maybe three times. Kevin Sheedy called you in and, and put you at the front of the room, didn't yep. he? And said, whoever doesn't know this man, do not speak to him. Yep. So I don't. I just don't think they work. Like the, the, What the sports don't realise is the media don't need them anywhere near as much as they feel in their heads that they do. So when you... like. When you withdraw availability, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. You know, the, no media company relies upon athlete access. So it's, it's, it's a. St- it used to, at least by way of how they felt about themselves and how they promoted themselves in competition with I, other outlets. I, I disagree. Oh, I well, think- Hutchie, you, you made a brand out of it and a career out of it, how you got the big interviews and whether they were paid for at times, which you've admitted to, or whatever. But that was the sell. Come to Channel 9, the footy show, and watch this. That was that was how you were sold. Uh, yeah, but most of those people weren't players. I don't, think, I don't think players or athletes being interviewed really adds much, if any, mainstream value or doesn't move any, anyone's needle. I agree with that. I do agree with that. And it's the, you, figures are, the figures around the game generally drive more media consumption than those. You know. well, the stories around the game. Yeah. yeah. And back, getting back to, to Matt Young's question, I'll, I'll just stretch it into something that you'd be much more- You've been more, banned a few times? Yeah, several times. Yeah, yep. but, but it never really lasts, does it? And the first time it happens, you, you do fret over it and you do go to bed at night thinking, what the hell's happening? But, but oh, do you reckon that's going to register no. anywhere on any radar for the last 15 when, years now? When you're young, it's- when you're young, you you um, it's a bit daunting. Like I remember reading a snippet in the paper one day saying I was banned by five clubs, and I knew of two, <laughs> but I didn't know the other three. And I was thinking, gee, I got paranoid. Yeah, five clubs are off me. In actual fact, probably fifteen were off me. But those clubs, but, such, yeah, I could say this now that it wasn't you, but, but those clubs would have been more worried about that than, than you because it wasn't as if you weren't still getting stories out of their their operations. Yeah, and then you've, inevitably, as you've just gone through with Sonia at North Melbourne, you never really get brought back in the tent. In you come. Open up the annex. Come on in, Damo. Grab a scone. Let's talk about this. And now, and look, look at how... Look I'm at, laughing because that is not a true reflection of anything last, I do. Last year, North Melbourne, North Melbourne last year, 
Got smashed by you the whole year. This year they've lost 15 in a row. And you haven't, you're yeah, happy as Larry? No. Hang on. No, oh, you, you want to go down that narrative? Leadership's going well. Have a look at what I've been writing. Have been, a look what I've been writing. You've been bought right back into the 10th. They're back to 1930s, Hutchie. You've been you're back in the 10th. You know, I've actually I've actually looked at this. 1930s, they finished last or second last in a 12-team competition four years in a row. That takes some doing to also finish last or second last four years in a row in an 18-team competition, which they're doing now. Yep. I think that's worth highlighting of how bad this club and, and as inept it has, has become. I think they'll... Inept. It's oh. inept. Well, it's inept. It's, it, and I'm over the narratives about, oh, look, they're okay and they had a crack against St Kilda and they're okay against Sydney and they tried against the Bulldogs. Just win a game of footy. So who's inept? The club. The club's operations are inept. The leadership? On the field? Oh. <laughs> well, the leadership <laughs> it doesn't exist on field. Yeah. Off field? Questionable? Are you happy with the way it's going? No, but that—that says that, an observer. Oh. You, you couldn't be. You run the risk of being thrown out of ten city. Oh, do you reckon they'd be happy with how it's going? If anyone at that club right now would be ticking off anything in the positive column at the moment, and I know that aspects of this have been out of their control with what's happened to their coach, yep. and I get that. But they've now lost sixteen in a row again. Yep, they got some good or kids coming in through. A row, whatever it is. Oh, do they? Well, again, do they? Yep. <laughs> they look all right. Yeah. Yep. But a lot of clubs have good kids coming yep. through. I think who, who are the good kids, Archie? Sheasel, yeah. Wardlaw. Yeah, they're, they're the, the two. Ones. Keep going. Yep. Keep going. I know he's not a kid anymore. No, no, he's keep a, going. They're, mid- they're picks three and four in last year's draft, so they'd want to be good. So he's keep a, going. He's a mid-20s, but David's Uniac was magnificent on the weekend. He's actually better than I realised and has been for a long time. He's a, le- a, a, a relative in his career, long time, yeah. He's a leader at his best. Yep. They're going to probably get two picks inside 10 this year. Yep. They're going to get some sort of sweetheart deal. They'll get the, the herbs and spices. The herbs and, you think the herbs and spices deal on Ben Mackay is on? I think it's on. Yep. Yeah. And it's just for those who don't know what we're talking about here, they'll, they've already get picked two from their ladder position on the draft. And if they lose a free agent, the um, the contract can be manipulated sufficiently enough to, to make it a uh, compensation of a lofty nature, which would be immediately after their first pick. It happened with James Frawley at Melbourne. Essendon got a very good pick for the loss of Joe Danaher, and then Brisbane tore up that contract within yep. months anyway and just changed it and smoothed it out. So, anyway, Matt, that's a, a long way of answering your okay. question, but uh, all is not well in the tents. I think uh, to, to, to Hutchie's point, yeah, the the bans, the banning of athletes speaking, it, it, it might make you feel good about yourself yep. for a certain point in um, time, but not over the long time. Dare I ask this to you? In fact, this is a bit cheeky to ask because I I don't subscribe to it at all. Did Hawthorne want to win badly enough at the end of that game? The- <laughs> <laughs> um, I have restricted my comments, Hachi, as you well know, to what they did in the trade period last year. What they do on the field this year, I would like to think it's probably just a lack of experience yep. in those moments. But there's been a lot of those moments, hasn't there, Hachi, this year? There has. Yeah. Hey, delighted to announce, Damo, that the McCafe interview series is here as part of our sounding board for DrinkWise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. But the McCafe interview series, three-part series, starts this week. So you can win a free McCafe coffee for a year on the MyMackers app, 25 winners every day. It ends 29th of August. Free coffee for a year? Yep. What, every day for a year? Yep. Or every You can year? win free coffee for a year on the MyMackers app. 25 winners per day win free coffee for a year on the MyMackers app. Oh. Sensational. Um, so in the McCafe interview series, we have a cup of coffee, a cup of McCafe with three notable identities. Uh, the first one drops this week. Nick McKenzie drops. Jane, what day? Thursday? <laughs> I don't know. When do you want to drop it? <laughs> Actually, nothing happens in this building without you <laughs> signing off on it and then approving it. I think Thursday, or fr- Thursday. Thursday would be Let's wonderful. Go. 
So a McCafe with Nick McKenzie drops Thursday. Then Gary V we will drop on the 2nd of August, which is a Wednesday. Still got to work out who Gary V is, but yep. And we're having a McCafe with big, Gary V. Big guest, apparently. Delighted to announce as part of Gary V's appearance, a $10,000 donation to Ronald McDonald House has been made. Really? Go straight to the kids. Who's paying that? You or Gary? Uh, I am. 10? In conjunction with McDonald's. So the McCafe interview series, a $10,000 donation, which is absolutely sensational. Go straight to the Ronald McDonald House in Monash and Parkville and Fitzroy. And, and that's been a dear cause of yours, I know, for a very long time. Home away from home. So Before you even owned Croc Media. So just delighted that that could happen. And thank you to McDonald's for that support. And then the third part, Damon, I'm relying upon you. But I reckon Andrew Dillon, the new AFL CEO, would make a perfect number three. So in the early dialogue on that, um, if you're listening, Jay Allen and Brian, um, the request will come from Damon at some stage in the next couple of days. Hachi, on this program, you can do that request, okay? But that's our McCafe interview series, and it's part of our winter special here on the sounding board. Is there a question of the week, Damo? We just did it. Oh, did we did? Yeah, we did. I How long am I going? preempted it with you a what few moments question? ago. That was about the athlete band. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I, and I said to you, you don't have to answer it, but Matt's going to ask it. And yep. Yeah, we did. So that was uh, episode 26 of Series 8. Jane's just question doubled over in laughter, even though you've just done something for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, you, you, you answered it. <laughs> For Drinkwise, as always, if you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.